0: Uh, welcome into another Slice of Beef, I'm Angus Hout, on today we have former NHL'er Jason Strudwick, um, and this episode is brought to you by Grandma Bear's Home Baking, aisle 7 of the Old Strathcona Farmer's Market. Head on down there where you can get yourself a free Slice of Beef t-shirt if you happen to go talk to Pete and just ask about the t-shirt. So welcome in Struds, thank you so much for coming on. No problem. I gotta go though. I gotta go find Pete for my free T-shirt. Oh man, <laughs> you gotta wait till Saturday. <laughs>
1: oh Saturday, okay. Yeah, okay, I'll make sure I'll do it. I'll do it Saturday. All right. We got time. We got time.
0: Perfect. <laughs> um, so how do you how are you holding up through the pandemic?
1: You know what? Um, you know it's it's obviously there's there's a lot of levels to that, right? There's you know your own state of life, and then there's my wife, and then my kids, and then my family, and my my friends. So you know I I think that it's it's been a real uh, learning experience uh, there's been a lot of you know sad things happen we've been fortunate we've been you know pretty um uh, pretty lucky with like with our jobs and and, and things like that and our, our, our mental health's been pretty good um but you know i worry about my friends and family they're maybe having difficult challenges but um you know it's funny we're pretty resilient you know about burdens i think are pretty resilient um when we support each other and that's something to be proud of so yeah you know what it's it's um I, I'm looking forward to when it ends, but I can tell you I've, I think I've grown as a person uh, through this And I think most of us have because we really had no choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that's awesome um, So you've been coaching uh, hockey camps uh, since you retired um, are, are the kids kind of getting less and less impressed that you are a former NHLer at this point? <laughs> Yeah, you know
1: what? Uh, now, now most of them I've coached—they they didn't even know I played in NHL. They just think I'm some, you know, ruggedly attractive guy that comes on the ice and tries to be funny and teach them something. So, um, you know, it's—it's. It's, I, I, I when I was playing, I, I never expected. Um, I, I never expected to be doing this lo- much coaching. You know, I remember thinking that it, it'd be a bit like babysitting. Um, and uh, But I, I've really grown into it. I love the challenge. I love, you know, how do I make a player who is maybe struggling at a particular skill, how do I try to unravel that and make it easier for him? You know, and you're not, it's not always going to work. But And then once you get your individual players going, how do you get the t- team together working doing what your vision for a team is, right? My, my vision for a team might be different than someone else's or whatever, but, you know, what my vision of the team is and working with other coaches, and I, I can say that, you know, when, when when sports are shut down, and specifically hockey, I can tell you I missed it because all my three kids play. Um, you know, if, if, if there's no reason for me to miss their practice or game, I'm not all of them. So I love it, and I love being on it. and we started up again, you know, with, with the restrictions. Which I I go on, I'd, I'd wear a, a mummy suit if I meant to go on the ice again. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to be back on the ice. I think that most most kids and, and players and parents would feel the same way.
0: Right. Oh yeah. Awesome. Um, if there's someone from Edmonton who has a kid who wants to get in, how do they find you? Oh, to my hockey care? Yeah. Um, so they can go to
1: JasonStradler.com. So that's a pretty original name, obviously. <laughs> I put a lot of time into to think of that one. But my mine's all about defensemen. Um, you know, I, I, I work with the kids. and you know, I'm not a s i am not ai don't like to call it a word skills coach. I'm not a skills coach. I, I teach kids how to play defense. So that's stick positioning, that's skating, that's pivoting, um, you know, that's that's where to be on the ice. Uh, to, to make the game easier, you know, playing inside the dots, those types of things that you know, I, I they're not sexy, like no one's gonna say, Oh my god, did you see Stradwick's drill on Instagram? Like no one's gonna talk about that. But I think it's important stuff and either a lot of coaches either you know don't have the time to do it with their teams or maybe they don't know exactly some of the details that are needed. So you know I run my D Man camps oh. two weeks in August. Uh, the second and third weeks of August, one on the north side of Castle Downs and one on the south side of Don and um, so, yeah, go to com. You know, I have for every age level. Uh, any abilities welcome. welcome. Um, forwards come to, boys, girls. I, I mean, I've got a real nice mix, and I've had kids now coming for four and five years, and now some of them are playing in the Western League, which is, wow. you know, I, I, I like to think I didn't, I didn't ruin them, so <laughs> they must be doing okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, do you have uh, parents low-key fanboying over you?
1: Do I have what? right? Uh, parents?
0: Yeah, parents.
1: Uh, as far as watching the practices, yeah, yeah, no, you know, parents. Well, last year, obviously, with the with the uh, pandemic, it was a bit of a challenge for for everybody. Um, but yeah, parents are welcome to watch, and I actually encourage them. And um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very open with what I do. Like, I don't have any state secrets I don't want to share it because I think that you know that the, the better we can make our defense. The better uh, the product of players we're producing in Edmonton, you know, and players around here that come to my camp, the better we'll all be, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think the, you know, I, I often get asked to come and work with teams, and I, I, I don't always have a lot of time, um, with just with just kind of my own family, but um, I, I like to work with the coaches and talk to them and try to coach them, because uh, I think if you can coach the coaches on on a, on a better way to coach their D men, those D men will be better players, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that's a, that's one way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always open to emails. And that's info at com. Send me an email. I'm happy to share my insight on what I think, uh, you know, how you can help your defense become, uh, you know, better players.
0: Right on. Um, a few years back, you went to China. How was that?
1: Yeah, it was amazing. You know, I, I think back to, you know, I was invited uh, a guy from Edmonton, Michael Lamb. Uh, just one day, I don't know I get an email in my my hockey cab inbox. Hey, would you ever come to China? I'm Like, you better believe I would. So um, he, you know, this is like a long process. It's probably almost eighteen months before I actually got there. But he came back to visit his family here, and we sat down at a uh, Tim Horns and talked about what it looked like. And then he invited me, and he said, "You know, I'll, I'll fly you uh, over business class." And I said, "Well, why don't? Well, how about this? Why don't you just give me two regular price tickets? And I'll bring my mom." Because uh, my dad he didn't want to travel, uh, that, or he couldn't travel then, so my mom and I went over to um, Hong Kong, and we had an amazing experience with a bunch of players. Most of them speak spoke English. You know, I don't have, I don't speak much uh, Mandarin or Chinese, so we had. Um, a great experience. I met a lot of cool people. Then afterwards, my mom and I we went uh, on a bit of a tour. When we'll come, so I could to go to the Philippines. I've been invited to go to uh, different areas in China by people. I just just right now, the time is difficult uh, to find. But I will. Um, I'll definitely be returning there because it's you know. I, I, obviously, I try to coach as well as I can. But the experience you have with these different people, and uh, it was like I eat chicken feet, and I never thought I'd do that. I I still cringe, but I mean, it's a delicacy, I I tried it out, and I don't probably consider it a delicacy,
0: but they do there, so it was a great, it was a great thing to try out. Right on. So, um, is there a big market for hockey in Asia as of right now? Um, It's
1: growing. You know, there's an appetite for it. The government, while I was there, had, had committed to building more facilities. And um, there's a, there's a real with the Olympics coming. There's a lot of excitement about it. Um, you know the players that I played with or coached. You know they would be you know on the on the on the less strong side compared to maybe their peers here that I've worked with in Edmonton. Um, but there's a real enthusiasm about it. But I mean you got to think about it. When I was there, um, the ice time at a uh, for an hour of ice time was seven hundred fifty dollars US an wow. hour. Yeah. So I mean that's it's expensive. That's cost prohibitive, right? Um, so it's it's pretty expensive, uh, but there's an appetite for it. I think it'll continue to grow, and uh, I hope yeah, I hope I can be
0: involved in it on some level uh, moving forward. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, so you kind of you retired ten years ago, and you kind of seamlessly went from professional hockey to media. How did that kind of happen? Did you bug the guys at uh, twelve sixty, or did you yeah. just uh, did they bug you?
1: Yeah. So all of my journey in the NHL, I was always kind of involved in the media, so I got to Vancouver, um, I got asked to join a regular morning show on, that, on FM, the Fox, uh, once a week, and i go in there and just BS with the guys and have fun, talk hockey, and uh, I did it for a couple years, and the guys are like, they love it, and um, you know, and then, and then, so they're like, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty natural, like, you should think about this, I'm like, okay, then I go to Chicago, and I'm there, and I actually broke my hand. And a couple of days later, the assistant, the uh, the guy who was doing the color for the games, he, he was he, made, he was made assistant GM. So the owner called me and said, would you do color for us? I'm like, yeah. So I did color for my own team for four games. And the guy that did the play-by-play, Pat Foley, said, honestly, oh, Stretty, for a guy that has zero experience, you did really well. So it kind of got in my head from those two experiences. So... When I came to Edmonton, I met Jason Greger through the media. We, you know, he helped me out with some things that I did, like to build golf tournaments and stuff to raise funds for, for inner city kids. And then when I was done playing, he said, well, why don't you come on my show every Friday for two hours? So I'm like, yeah. So I went on there, and I was like, yeah, this is fun. Uh, so he introduced me to the to the manager, general manager of the station over at TSN. Uh, one day they said, oh, we'd love for you to work with us in the summertime. Uh, you know, jump in when people are on vacation. So I'm like, yeah, so I'd come and sit in with people and help out. You know, I probably did it a dozen times. And then that summer, uh, they called me again. They're like, we'd like to give you your own show. Would you be interested? Or a show? I'm uh, sorry, a bigger role here. I'm like, yeah. So in my mind, I thought maybe they'd have me coming for an hour you know, uh, to help to sit in. And then I went in there for another meeting. They offered me three hours of my own show at night. And I was, I was scared shitless. Like I had no idea what it, what this was all about. Then it, I know they said, well, Mark Michaud's here. And Michaud, um, he's gonna help you out. He only been there like six months. So, I'm like, God, oh my God! And he, I had no idea what do. I had all these—I cra- loved it. I had all these crazy ideas of trying different things. Like we'd have whistling contests. Uh, like it was just crazy, but it was so much fun. And you know, I really look back and thank my my, my two bosses. Like they were—they just let me kind of grow and and try things out and make mistakes. And, and they'd be like, you oh, know, maybe that didn't work so well. Why don't you try this? And those three years, that I just grew so much, and I. I loved it. I absolutely loved that that time. Uh, and people are like, "Why would you want to do a nighttime show?" Like it was just
0: crazy. It was it was just so much fun. We had the best time. Oh man, yeah. Like I remember listening to your late shows, and I loved it back. What was that? It was 2012, 2013, something like that?
1: Yeah, it was about three years. You know, was funny. Like you, you do a thing and. You, know, you get texts and phone calls, right? Yeah. And then, and then, I, you know, I announced that I was going to move over to a uh, to the TV side to try to be- become a better broadcaster. So I remember my last show. You know, I, I was pretty emotional. You know, like I, I thought I, 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 you know, it was the first thing I'd done since I retired from hockey. I really poured my heart into it. I, I loved working with my Mark Maggio and Connor Howley. Like, and it was mine. Like, it was my show. right? I, I really liked that. Um, I was proud of it. So I didn't know what the reaction was going to be. Well, that whole night, like, the text pouring in, the emails, like, thanking me for, you know, entertaining people and, you know, and and just all the insight. And, like, I I was – it's really quite emotional even now thinking about it. You know, I even had one couple write in and say, no, we – most nights we make passionate love. Listening to you, <laughs> listening to your show, like, oh my God, that's not exactly the what I was going for, the reaction I wanted. But you know, I guess it would help people find find their uh, find their love. It was good. But yeah, you know what? I was I was just I was just I think about that. I just loved that emotional um, outpouring. It was just so special.
0: Yeah, and then you move over to breakfast television. How did you like the TV side of things?
1: Well, I knew I had to grow as a, as a broadcaster. And I, not that I was finished with radio at all. I wasn't a finished product. But this opportunity came up to do 14 hours of live TV a I, week. I was too good to pass up. And there was no sports. Like, it was all, like, Dare TV was all about, uh, you know, like, social issues, political issues. Um, there was women's panels. There was, like, it was just, it was so out of my comfort zone. But I grew not only as a broadcaster, but as a person you know and, and that two years there was amazing and then uh, you know i just i i can't thank them enough for that opportunity my, my boss was stabbed the paul because he brought me in and i remember thinking why is he bringing me in like i'm nothing i know nothing about any of this stuff and he goes he just kept saying be yourself just be yourself be have a personality be yourself and i did and um you know, what? I, I just, I love that experience. And then, you know, Gregor was kind of in my ear, asked me to come back and be a, a host with him. And when when the timing was right, like after the two years, I'm like, now's the time. This is the time to do it. And I, and I joined. And um, I, I joined Gregor. So I've been so lucky, so many good spots. But I think also, like, putting the timing, uh, and, and understanding that, like, it's a process. And I started off, again, basically as a, as a newbie, as my kids would say, and I, I have to grow as a broadcaster, become better, and, and, you know, the cadence of how quickly I speak and, and the insight do I run on to, uh, like, all those things over the last eight or nine, ten years, uh, as, as I've improved a ton. I'm still not finished, even close, but I, 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 I'm just trying to become, I want to be really good at what I do. Um, and, and all the opportunities I've had have really
0: led towards that. Yeah. Um, so do you think like young broadcasters are kind of like looking at you sometimes like, wow, that guy played hockey and rolled into here and they're kind of, they got a little bit of jealousy for you? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, my, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess I, I could see why that'd be, but I can't, you know, I can't really worry about what other people, um, feel. I mean, I think that, um you know I, I did i get a leg up on others because i played that show yeah there's no doubt but i have a unique set of skills that i think that you can't acquire unless you go through that you know i'm not saying i know more about hockey than someone who goes through a, a traditional path but i think i know a lot you know that, that i start with so uh but I, I need to work on the broadcasting side right And you get that through reps and practice so i can see how someone might feel that way but i i don't really um you know, I think that I, I I put I work hard. You know, I I put a lot of time in. I do a lot of reading, a lot of watching, a lot of asking questions, and I'm continually trying to grow. So I don't think I'm one that is just sitting back and say, "Hey, look, I'll just I'll just do what I want." I think that uh, I do work at my craft, and so I think that you know if that, that if anything that should be respected um, by
0: by anyone out there that's you know maybe a little bit you know maybe upset about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to say, like, I'm an individual who's jealous of it, because I, I personally love listening to you on 1260. <laughs> oh, thanks, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's, it, it's a lot of fun. You have to, like, you know, you take the chances you can,
1: right? So I got this chance. I may, I, I think I've made the most of it, right? If I had not put the time and and not worked, then I think that the conversation would be like that. But that's like anybody. You know, you, people often say, you know, well, you know, I, I'm never going to get my chance, so they're not working hard for that chance. I believe you have to work hard, so when you get the chance you're ready to step in and and to be a good, uh, to be ready to be developed. Like, you know, I'm doing a little bit of stuff for sports. I got an opportunity. I don't know where that's going to go, but I was ready for it. You know, I, I, I follow the games. I take notes. I, you know, all these years in the media broadcasting, watching other people, how they deliver a James Duffy, a Bob McKenzie, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jeff Merrick, all these guys are so good. i watch them and I try to be, you know, be more smooth, uh, more polished, just like them. And so when I got my chance, I felt really good about what I did. Now, does that mean I continue on Sportsnet? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But you know, I, I, I felt like I really did. You know, I was ready for my opportunity, and I think that's something that I'm quite proud of.
0: Yeah. So you, because you are working with Sportsnet, uh, the other night you had a conversation with DeBrusque, but you guys have thrown hands uh, only one time I could find. What's it like uh, working with a guy that you've fought in the NHL?
1: Well, I only had to fight him once because he beat me up so bad. I'm like, I don't need to fight you twice. We both know you're tougher than me. And I, I had a few guys that beat me up pretty good. Uh, but yeah, no, Louie's uh, a great guy. And, you know, it's just part of the job, you know. You don't really, I, I don't hold any ill will towards anybody. I mean, you know, there were sometimes I got the upper hand on some guys and sometimes someone got it on me. But, you know, that's, that, that's the game of hockey in it. You know, it's evolved a bit since then. And I we can whether that's good or bad. But um no i i uh no problem louis is a great guy we're good friends and you know we'll often touch base and kind of touch in and you know, see what's what we're thinking on a certain situation to compare notes but uh no he's he's a, he's a great guy lovely
0: awesome yeah he seems like a genuinely sweet guy like when he uh, interviewed um jake there that was that was kind oh, yeah. of a heartwarming moment
1: oh yeah that's a great moment to interview your son i mean it's so emotional. Like, I coach my kids now. You know, when they do something that we've worked on and they're able to do it in a game, even I, you know, I'm not, like, you know, throwing my hands up, cheering, like crazy, but I get emotional because, like, you know, there's something you've worked with your son or daughter for. And that, that could be hockey, that could be, you know, reading, that could be math, that could be whatever, right? Um, and there's a special moment. There's, a, there's that moment with your son or daughter where they have a, they're, they're progressing, they're moving on, they're, they're, they're loving what they do. Like, that's just that's such a
0: special moment for any... For any huh. uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I you know my old man's just been pursuing or been walking with me uh, doing this media thing and he loves effect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like when I told him I had you on, he was all over. You got to ask him about <laughs> six questions for me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I
0: love it. Yeah. yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, was there someone that you didn't get to scrap with while playing? Sorry. I should ask you is it okay if we talk about your fighting career within the NHL? Oh, yeah. Okay, no cool. Problem, no problem. Um, so was there someone that you want to scrap with that you never got the opportunity to?
1: Oh no, most of the time guys are very happy to fight me
0: because I was big and they thought they could beat me up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, not really. I mean, I, you yeah, know, I don't really. I mean, there's a one guy, in Blue, and we fought a number of times, and then the last time we fought, I, I, I thought he suckered me. Um, so I always wanted to get back and fight him and not because I, like I said, we fought a number of times, but you know, I would have always loved to have one more chance to kind of give him a good Rogering. but, um, but no, you know what I, I like now, you know, it's, I look back and I think, God, like I, you know, I watch some, sometimes my kids will pull up the videos or a friend and I just, I look so angry, you know, just like thrashing around like a caveman. And, and um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very proud of the way my career went. And adding fight was adding the ability to fight was a skill I needed to bring in. Without it, I would not have played the NHL. I wasn't, you know, a good enough player to be an all, all the time player without having fighting. And so I don't regret it at all. Like I, not for a second do I think, oh man, I wish I'd done that. Uh, you know, I did it my way. Uh, you know, I chose to do it. No one forced me to do it. Um, I yeah, I took some lumps, but that's you know, it, that's that's life. Uh, so I'm really proud of the way that it folded, And the fighting for me was just, uh, you know, I'm not a, a naturally, neg- uh, like, angry guy. I think I'm very protective of, of those around me that I feel are getting bullied. So it wasn't, like, that big of a stretch for me to do what I did. But as far as violence, like, I wasn't meeting guys outside of bars fighting or, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, hitting my girlfriend or not. Like, I'm not an angry human. I'm actually quite really relaxed. And most people, when they meet me, like, how, how would you do that? I'm like, I just did it. You know, like, I was just how I was, I was programmed. And for me, it was kind of business, right? It wasn't like pleasure. I didn't, I didn't, like, I'm not a guy that, like I said, that loves to fight. Um, but if I feel that something's going wrong on the ice, then, then that player and I would have a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, like I've been, like I said, I've listened to you for years now and it, I've never come off or you've never get off the vibe of like, wow, that guy definitely wants to kick some ass. He's just, just, yeah, <laughs> business as usual on the ice and business as usual at the station. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you know what? That's the thing, and you know, everyone they were different. Like, I played with guys that loved to fight. Like, they they lived for it, and I I could never understand it. And I, I like cold war, he loved to fight, and and like I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it just like he like I remember we went to play Minnesota one time. And they had, uh, at that time, I think, Bougard, Fedoric, and Chris Simon. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, Colton Orr's going to fight one of them, and then I'm going to have to fight, you know, somebody else probably because Colton's going to beat him. And then all three of them were hurt, and they didn't play. I was so happy. Like, it was like I got out of death row. I was skipping out around the dressing room so happy. And I remember Orzy was mad. I'm like, why, mad? He's like, I didn't get a chance to fight him. I'm like, oh my god! Like, he he and I were so different, right? But not not worse or better, just programs so different. But that was Orsi. That's how he's wired, or and um, so it's so funny how you know you have two guys that were both pretty tough, but really saw things so differently when it came to you know fighting in the NHL.
0: Yeah. Well, you ended up playing for like 17 years. How do how you keep that success going because you weren't a big scorer?
1: No, I wasn't. You know when it's, it's, uh, I, I understood in my place in the lineup, right? Like if I wasn't playing, I couldn't bitch. Or if I wasn't at the minutes I want, I couldn't complain because I was replaceable. But I try to make myself, you know, irreplaceable by bringing the a, a, a great attitude. I'm a pretty naturally have happy guy. Like when I come to the rink, I'm pretty happy. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, I've never I don't think I had one bad day. You know, really in the NHL. And then I did my job. Like did I always want to go and fight a huge monster? No, but that was that was part of what I had to do. So I went and did it. Um, so yeah, like I I just I knew my role. And I understood, and I didn't complain about it. Um, I played with guys that didn't like what their role was, and they made their their feelings known. And the coach would would not want... They don't want, like, the bottom of the lineup, no one wants to hear you bitching because you're replaceable. Like, Conor McDavid, if he's not happy, he can bitch. But Jason Strudwick as a sixth defenseman or 12th forward, they don't want to hear it from you because they can replace you. Um, so you got to be in a good attitude, and I did that. You know, and I, I was supportive of my teammates. I, you know, I tried to back the coaches up when I felt that they were saying the right things. Like I was a good teammate, and I think that is something I try to teach kids now. You know, and and uh, because those are life skills. I mean, it's, this isn't just about playing in the NHL. Eventually, everyone. Even the greatest players have to stop playing the NHL at some point, point. and there's a lot of life afterwards. And these are good life lessons to learn. They can carry through to other career paths after hockey's done. Whether you're done in grade eight, grade twelve, or after you know 1,500 NHL games, like Sedano Chara.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing that guy's going on. And Yager just celebrated his 49th birthday, which is crazy, and he's still playing. But if you were an unmarried man and someone asked you to go overseas, would you go?
1: As a player? Yeah, oh, yeah. As a play. yeah, like I, I loved it over there. We went, you know, I played there three times. And the last time I went to Sweden after my last year with Oilers. I we loved it over there. But I would I would have kept playing, like, and not so much to keep playing, but just to live in Europe. Um, you know, my wife has a successful business here with my sister. So we came home for that. Then I knew that it was time I had to get on with my, my next career, right, which was the media, if I was going to really take a run at it. So we had to come home. And, you um, know, it was a great experience over there, and I I, I love living in Europe. Just being a part of that, and you know, all that stuff just is so great. So, um, yeah, like I, I, I would I mean playing in Europe is I I'd recommend to anybody who plays in the AHL or North America to go over there for at least a year with your family, and it's it's an experience you will not forget.
0: Yeah. So, of the three uh, Euro leagues that you played, and which was your favorite?
1: Oh man, they were all great for different reasons. I'd say. You know if i really had to pick one i think i, I, I really enjoyed sweden but i think it was different because i was married i had two young kids um and i got so much time with those kids you know we, we practiced till noon i'd be home and then we'd, pl- we'd go and play right yeah and i and i knew my career was kind of at the end um you know i, I could have probably to be honest i could have probably played another three four or five years in europe I, mean, I was in good shape and i was physically strong and you know healthy um, but I, I felt pretty confident about the way i played there um but you know, just having my kids there was just amazing. It was just such a great experience, but they were just babies. They don't remember it. Yeah. So we'll go back someday and show them. But it, it's, I mean, Sweden, the Swedes are amazing. And so are, I mean, Swiss are great people, and the Hungarians are all great, too. So, you know, we, my wife and I just talk about, we want to go and kind of show them all the places that we lived and played um, at some point, uh, you know, in the future.
0: So, you, uh, yeah, you played in that Hungarian league uh, during the lockout. What was what was the craziest story to come out of there?
1: Oh, man. Uh, There was a ton Like Hungary is a great place Uh, The hockey wasn't the best At that time It's improved since then But I remember We were playing a game And I played a ton Right Like they were were playing My cousin and I A ton Rob Biedemeyer And this guy came And I felt he Tried to take my knees out So I just snapped Like I I did have A bit of a stop factor Every now and then And this guy Hit my knees So he goes I just yell at him I'm chasing him down He goes all the way To the bench and, And goes over there So the next whistle I skate over there, and I I, talk, I lean over the bench, and I, I and I can't say exactly what I said, but basically I said, if you ever look at my knees again, I will murder you on this ice. Like I will kill you if you ever look at me again. At like you're gonna run me. And um, you could see he understood. And uh, he never went on the ice again. He didn't go on the ice one more time that whole game. And then we played another game. He didn't play that game. So I think the message was pretty clear. And I was a, I was a bit over the top. We have to remember I was yeah, I was pretty worked up. Um, but I, I wanted him to understand that, like, you're never ever going to hit my knees because I, I don't want that was my big fear I don't want to blow up my knee in Hungary right uh or anywhere you know he didn't want to get hurt I was over there to play not to have some hero try to run me over so I made it pretty clear what, how my feelings were and that kid uh he never he never he didn't play against me one more time <laughs> I do not the ice so I, I wonder I often wonder now like maybe I should send him a Facebook message to apologize but I think he earned it he earned that tough talk
0: yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um do do do. Sorry, I uh, got a little bit lost here. Um. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, who who did you idolize as a kid? Uh, for like hockey player wise.
1: Yeah, I love Mark Messier. He was my he was my guy, and I, I thought he was just amazing uh, leader. Obviously Gretzky, and then I I always kind of respected Bob Probert, you know, and 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 guys that like kind of just played their way right like they didn't take any crap from anybody and i and i, I think i mimicked my game a little bit towards that i, I was not even close to tough as probably like let's be clear about that but i think that i i played a game that way um and, and i like that and mess was the same way like he didn't take crap from people he didn't get pushed around and i, I really like that i like that style of game and uh, you know it's again it's changing a little bit now but that's how i, I like to play and how i how i played it
0: yeah Yeah, I mean, I'm too young to remember the Moose, but the few games I got to see on NHL Classics during the pandemic, I was just like, man, if you got away with that these days, people would want to have your head. Oh,
1: yeah, no, he he was, he he had a long memory. If you got him, he was going to get you. Like, there's no, he was going to track you down, and he was going to get you.
0: Yeah. Um, So you're drafted in 94. Um, What was it like to get your name called at 63.
1: Well, it was kind of unique. Like, I actually didn't go to the draft. Um, so I was at home, and the phone rang, and they are like, hey, you just got drafted into the NHL. I'm like, okay, great. What team? They were like, down there. I am like, all right. And that was it. And that was the end of it. My mom and dad and my sister and I went out for dinner uh, at Earl's, and uh, it was all over. So pretty anticlimactic.
0: <laughs> That's the most evident story I've heard.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, my agent and I said, I said should, I, should I go to the draft? He's like, no, not they, Like, I was ranked in about the fourth or fifth round. Um, fifth round, maybe, and then that year we'd won the Memorial Cup, so my stock went up. But I played well, and I got drafted the third round, so I was thrilled. And like, we were a really naive hockey family. Like, I played it because I loved it. You know, I had no expectations of playing in the NHL or you know making a living out of it. I was just actually open to play three years in Kamloops and then go to UVA and play for the Golden Bears, and then you know go on with my life. And I was, I worked hard and was lucky, and I, my life went in a different direction. Wow,
0: that yeah, that is awesome. Um. If you had gone to the U of A and, you know, never got drafted, what would you have wanted to do?
1: Um, I, I you know, I, uh, my dad's cousin was an accountant and his wife was. And it, it looked like a great job. So I would have been an accountant. Uh, I like, I like numbers and math. And, uh, you know, I, I think I was a pretty big nerd growing up, so I think I would have fit right in that crowd. And, um, you yeah, know, just working numbers, checking things like that, I like that stuff. So, yeah, that's that's the road. I, that was, well, my plan, you know, when I was younger, was to be an accountant, that's
0: for sure. So is that how Wanya Gretz of Oilers Nation managed to rope you into the the Nation Network? Uh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. You know, those guys, they, they've, they've got a pretty cool thing going. And the craziest thing to think about just started with just being fans right so pretty crazy and uh yeah they've got a really cool thing going on. i always help them out whenever you know whenever i can uh, for sure
0: yeah yeah i mean i gotta do a quick plug but i work for Gets nation now and i get to write for them and it just okay. it's so cool like ah oh, i never thought i'd actually get to someone would legitimately read my opinion and have something to say with it <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's pretty it is humbling. You know, it's pretty humbling and it's uh you know makes me really wanna like every time I try to say something, I try to make sure it's some thought into it. Um, and then I can back up my position, right? That's always what I try to say. it might not like what I say, but this is this is what I think and this is why I think it. And people are always gonna disagree and some will agree, like but I think that's what makes the course so great. I, I don't know that there's one way to, to always look at something, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, I've taken some heat for I trade ideas for Jets Nation, so I was just like, "Ooh, Jets fans yeah, are um, not a huge fan sometimes." Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, when did you know that you really made it into the NHL?
1: Oh man, um, I thought the first game I played, like I'm like, I can play here. You know, I wasn't sure up to that point, but I had a, I had a good game. I had a fight, and I'd, I'd made some plays, and I'd like I made some passes, and I was like, you know, I can do it. And it took another two years for me to get another game after that. But, you know, that that's kind of when I kind of really felt. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can actually play.
0: Nice. Um, what, do you have a most memorable goal?
1: Um, well, probably the shootout goal, right? Because it's like, it was so unlikely. Like, let's be honest. I don't think anyone bet a lot of money me scoring in a shootout. But at that, that moment, like, it was just... And it was very individual, you know. Like I didn't have a lot of individual moments, you know, and and uh, it was just special. that Madison Square Garden is unlike any facility in in the NHL. And to score there, sold out house. My mom or my uh, wife was there with her in laws, and uh, or her, her parents. And it was just crazy, a crazy night, and uh, just just a lot. Of, it's a really good memory.
0: Yeah, that was an absolutely beautiful goal too. I love watching that highlight.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy, all right. Yeah.
0: Um, is there, was there a guy that you played with in Europe that you thought should be playing big minutes in the NHL? A guy like,
1: um, you know, it was pretty tough. It's a different game, right? So I, I think it would have been, I had one guy, this, uh, Hank, Hanky, he was a defenseman and I thought he could maybe play. And, and the Rangers sent a scout over there like, yeah, he's, he's, a, he'd be a tweener, like a tween between the HL and the NHL. Yeah. So it's hard for those guys to come over because those a lot of those Euro guys in Swiss they make really good money. So for them to come make like fifty thousand in the American League doesn't make sense when they're maybe making four or five hundred thousand at home, right? So they really got to want it. Um, so it's it's hard at times to bring those guys over unless they're going to kind of you know guarantee them a uh, not guarantee but a really good chance of playing in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who is your favorite guy in the room? to Smi was a great guy. I mean, the guy never shut up, and he could understand half the thing he said. But he, he was just a beauty. I always, I always loved that guy. He was just a great, great guy.
0: Yeah. Um. And what what was the day that you knew you knew you were done with the NHL?
1: <laughs> I know exactly the moment. Um, no, the NHL was probably done with me a little sooner. But we were playing. I think it was the New York Rangers. Um, I think. I think it was, and then Brian Boyle. You know, he was a big centerman and big, big, pretty tough guy. And we're playing about halfway through my last year. And uh, Brian Boyle hits me, <laughs> hits me into the wall, and kind of dirty. You know, and I and I turned around and looked at him, and like he was looking at me like, "Okay, we're gonna go." And I remember, I think we were losing. I remember thinking, "Why, why, why? This isn't worth it. What am I gonna do? Why am I gonna fight this guy?" And I just skated away from him. And I think he was surprised, um, and I was too, you know, and I remember got to the bench and like thinking, okay, that's that's not like me, like I always reacted, like I always brought fire to the game, that's the one thing I was really proud of, I was ready for every game, I was ready to rumble, and that that moment, like I just was like, okay, hey, that's, I, I'm not who I am anymore, um, you know, and, I, and you know, I finished off that season, I only played like 40 games that year, whatever it was, but I finished off that season, and you know, I told my agent, if someone wants to sign me, I'll play, but... You know, teams are like, well, we'd like to be a player coach in the minors or whatever. And I was like, no, I think I'm back. So I went to Europe and then I got to Europe and I, I love playing there. But the same thing, I remember being on the bench saying, okay, like, what am I like, what am I doing here? You know, and I love living in Europe and the hockey was, was good. Um, but I just, you know, I, you just kind of run out of juice. Like, I had to try so hard every game and every workout. I never missed a workout. I was always, like, first on the ice, last off the ice. Like, after it takes a toll on you, right? You only have so much energy to give any endeavor. And I ran out of juice. And um, I was lucky. You know, I was very lucky uh, to have my career end because I ran out of juice and not because the teams didn't want me anymore. And, and I'm actually really proud of that because – you know, it's like you have an awesome car, and it dies before the driver dies, and that's what happened. I, I just, I ran out of juice, and I could have kept playing in Europe, but it was, it was time to sh- wrap it up, and uh, we did it.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, I think I was, if that game that you're talking about happened at Edmonton, I happened to be at that one, and that was a rough game to watch all around.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's, there's some tough ones, and uh, you know, at times there's games where you're not proud of, but uh, that moment for me was definitely, definitely tough. Yeah.
0: Well, and you didn't play on a whole lot of great teams. Like, how do you kind of keep that momentum going of, like, man, I'm just happy to be here?
1: Well, because you're a professional, right? Like, here at NHL, you're like, hey, I'm here to play. Like, let's, let's rock. And, uh, I, I mean, I love playing love playing NHL. And I, I, I gave it my best effort. I wanted to be able to look in the eyes of my parents and teammates and coach and say, I gave it my best effort. It, does, it doesn't It always mean I was, I was the best, but I was always um, – I, I always gave an effort. I
0: don't think you know anyone could ever fault my uh, fault my effort. No, not at all. Like we all knew you had a heart of gold out there. Um, <laughs> uh, which team of the North Division do you think has the best chance to win the Cup as of today?
1: I think it's the. Uh, I like the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they have they have a good mix of players there. Um, you know they got to keep tightening up their defense, which I think they are. But I I think that's definitely what it's all about. Oh.
0: Now that makes a couple of my friends real happy to hear that, but. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so okay, uh, one piece of advice that you would give—like to... Like, you've been married a while—so what's one piece of advice you give to a young single guy?
1: <laughs> you know what? Take your time with the ladies. You know, um, you know, like I, I, you know, I was young once, and I was, you know, I was, you know, I was a fun guy and stuff. But I think that you know to sit down and just take time with a, a, a woman and get to know her, um, you know, respect obviously is a huge thing. But you know, do something different. Like you know, some of the like with my wife, I have um, you know, we we did fun things. Like we just go for walks. Uh, we went in Chicago, or you know, we go do a yoga class together. And I think that you know, something just to take your time and spend time to get to know someone—that's truly a part, like a friend, a, a friendship. Um, you know, it's it's it, marriage isn't easy. And when, when you start off when it's a difficult friendship, um, you know, everyone's going to get ugly. You know, even the best-looking person in the world is going to get ugly. So if you're just looking for someone hot, uh, they're going to get ugly, whether it's a male or female. It doesn't matter. We all get ugly and old. But if you have a true friendship and somebody you want to spend time with, I think it's 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 a, a more fulfilling or it be an easier marriage um, or partnership, whatever you want to call it, than, you're, than, than most wow that's awesome thank you um
0: <laughs> um yeah. how do you convince uh someone to move from chicago up to edmonton
1: well my wife's from Wyoming, so she's from a small town so she was no problem she's like i can move up here and, and like i said she's got a successful business yo mama attorney her and my sister are partners 50 50 and they um and they, they have a, she loves it up here she has a lot of fun
0: awesome um uh, what is your favorite thing about edmonton
1: uh the people you know, like uh, just like we started off here, um, you know, just at Burns, we look out for each other, we support each other, and uh, we've got we've got some balls. Like you know, we like we know times are tough sometimes, and sometimes are good, but we, we stick up for each other. So I, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm pretty I I really like the people here.
0: Right on. Um, and then I I ask this question to everyone that comes on: What are three th- songs that uh, get you hyped up these days?
1: Dancing Queen by ABBA. Classic. Uh, um, uh, Eric Carmen, uh, what's that? Uh, Make Me Lose Control. I love that song. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, what's the other song? My daughter. Uh, I think it's Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. My daughter plays it all the time. Hold on. It's called uh, Ariana Grande. Let me just look it up here. Break Free. Break. I love that song. <laughs> oh, I love those. Those three. Are, I love those songs. I want a playlist. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. absolutely man well awesome Angus
0: yeah well thank you so much again for your time struds. I really appreciate it you got it buddy yeah and uh yeah uh, we'll catch you around and everything <laughs> Cool. Yeah, good luck with your career buddy oh thank you so much and uh yeah best Get of it. luck to you in uh broadcasting here thanks buddy yeah Talk to you. Later. talk to you later okay. bye 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 So that was Jason Strudwick. Thank you guys so much for listening to me. Uh, If you want to give me a follow on Instagram or Facebook, you can do that. uh, Just look up a slice of beef. And if you're like, I'm already following you, Angus, but I want to follow that Jason Strudwick character, you can follow him on Instagram, Jason Strudwick, all one word, or I believe his username is just Struds. Uh, Again, he is an absolute beauty. You can go to his website, uh, JasonStrudwick.com, if you are interested in getting your kid, your cousin, Whomstever, whoever plays hockey, that's a child, uh, into his program. And if you're like, man, I really want that slice of beef uh, t-shirt, we are giving one away for free next Saturday at the Ultra Ethical Farmers Market. Go talk to Peter. Uh, Just say, I listen to a slice of beef. I want my t-shirt. And you will get your t-shirt. Until next time, you guys stay safe, be well, peace and grace to all of you. And until next time, I've been Angus Hout.